Hey guys, welcome back to the Woodworking Podcast. My name is Nick. I can be found at nickferry.com, joined with Jay Bates of jayscustomcreations.com and April Wilkerson of wilkerdoos.com. But we do have a special guest today, Laura Kampf of lauracampf.com. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, Laura, and say hello. Hi guys, thanks for having me. I'm Laura, I'm from Germany. I make things as well and have a YouTube channel and April is visiting me for a couple days. Yep. So we get to hang out and build something together and make some videos. Eat food. Eat food. Ride bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> a few other things. <laughs> awesome. So if you guys aren't familiar, be sure to check out Laura's website, lauracamp.com, and also her YouTube channel. And camp is spelled K-A-M-P-F. And before we get into the thick of it, I wanted to go ahead and thank all of our patrons and well, our top patrons on patreon.com. If you guys want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the woodworking podcast. And our top patrons of this week are Michael Gillitzer, Devin Riker, and Jim Jardine. Thank you so much, everyone over there. Yes, thank you very much. And then also, if you want to support the podcast on the website, you can go to uh, thewoodworkingpodcast.com and click on the contribute button. Either way, thank you very much for all of your support. It really does help. Thank you guys so much. All the way from Germany. All the way from Germany. So how is Germany? How long have you been over there? In Germany? Uh, what, two days? Yeah, two yeah, days. Two days. So it's it's nice. It's uh, they Triton brought me over for a woodworking show they wanted me to attend in England. And then they wanted me to stay around for the following weekend. But they were like, well, not sure what to do with you during the week. You want to go see Laura over in Germany? And I said, yeah, that would work. <laughs> so it's nice. I get to spend a few days over here, uh, like sh building and hanging out, yeah. seeing the culture, seeing the seeing Cologne a little bit more. And um, but yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, April brought some beautiful weather. So we get mm -hmm. to ride around the bicycles and I get to show the town a little bit. And I think it's always cool to have a guest because you see your own city through different eyes and then you appreciate it much more and you realize all these cool spots that you don't appreciate when you're by yourself and you see it every day. So yeah, we're having a good time. Yeah, a great time. And also Laura's shop just, oh, it's so amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's something I never would have thought of. How, how is it for wood selection over there, Laura? Do you guys have different sawmills and stuff like that? Yeah, we just went to a place yesterday. We have a very cool place. Um, it's not a sawmill, but they well, they have their, their big sawmill somewhere else, but they have the huge selection there. And there's actually a pretty big, uh, a pretty big warehouse just full of veneer. Like they have all sorts of like everything you can think of, everything. basically. They have a huge inventory. Yeah. Like it's a huge... Uh, mill or it's a huge lumber yard for I, I didn't think that Germany would have such a li big lumber yard yeah and you can get everything like a lot of um, exotic woods but also super regional stuff like plum wood and like the German beech wood and whatnot so yeah they have it all it's a good place mm -hmm. like their warehouse of veneer alone is almost just as large as some of the long, uh, smaller temp lumber yards in the states like it, it really wasn't a, a crazy big place yeah and for everyone from Kelowna, germany the place is called karl kohl and it's just a like it's a good place even if you don't know anything about hardwood you can just walk in and tell them i don't have any idea what i'm doing and they will help you and give you some advice it's a good place what's a popular wood that you guys use to build furniture there in germany yeah i think the traditional like farmer's furniture are lots of softwoods like pine and spruce um, but honestly, since I'm not a trained carpenter, I, I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> like the traditional farmer's furniture would be softwoods, but then we have access to a lot of oak. 
that's that's the traditional thing as well. But nowadays, since you can have everything, basically, yeah. It's awesome. That is awesome. The uh, the warehouse you're talking about, is that the one you Instagrammed a couple days ago, uh, April, with all the veneers? Like an entire log sawn into veneers. And it's not just one. Like there's several logs like that, right? Several. It's an entire warehouse. So there's like a zebra wood log and there's a, a plum. And I mean, just all of these crazy burls. And it's just, they keep it all stacked right off the machine so that you can book match and i mean it's just it's it i was looking at it and i thought that it was veneer on top and bottom but as you get closer no every single thing out of the log is a veneer and they just keep it that way it's beautiful looking that's crazy and I, I don't think i've ever seen an entire log fully veneered and not just small logs either those are some pretty pretty big size logs that you were showing that's really cool yeah. so would you prefer working with veneers i i've seen like uh your lot your third project ago you did a um, your veneer lamp which was really cool your veneer lamp oh my sorry i didn't get i i had to unplug the headphone the villain yeah thank you thank you it was my first time working with veneer and i think it's um yeah i should do it more often because it has so much potential that you actually see the light through it and that you can work with super expensive woods but it's not expensive because it's or not as expensive because it's just the veneer so you can have like the burr look or you know the exotic stuff mm-hmm yeah, and it's, it's MDF underneath. I mean, it's yeah. not, but it could be. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Just and actually, for some things, it would make sense. So, yeah, I'm not opposed to working with veneer. I always thought that was like a like a cheap solution, but it's actually like there goes there's so much knowledge that goes into working with veneer. veneer. It's quite a technique of its own. Like, yeah, I would love to see it cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like Kyle Toth does. We talked about this earlier. Like the way he uses veneer, it's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. So what's going on back in the states, guys? Back here, I am restacking all the lumber that I got last week. Uh, I got a thousand board feet, well, about eleven hundred board feet of hickory for three hundred and fifty dollars, and my cost ended up being, uh, I think it was forty-eight cents per board foot when it was wow. all said and done, wow. including my, including the uh, government IRS rate for mileage, uh, as far as, as gasoline mileage. <laughs> but um, so that's not bad at all. But I was. Me and uh, Nick talked about this last week a little bit. I I purposefully did not sort it when I initially unloaded it off the truck just so that I'd be forced to kind of go through it and use it all evenly. But, man, I got... I went out there this morning. I was like, man, I just want a couple more pieces that are really nice. So I got frustrated with it. And then you go to, to sort through like, you know, 15 or 20 boards. And next thing you know, the entire whole stack is completely <laughs> disassembled and sorted. And uh, this was the first day I've been out there quite a bit. So I got a little bit of sunburn. But I I restacked the entire, the entire bit, brought the best of the best inside to work with for the next few projects. And then sorted what everything else that I have from uh, the different, I guess, styles or the grades, I guess, because there's a lot that look a certain way and there's a lot that look a certain, you know, they have like, um, what was it that Bob Close showed us, that bark pocket where it's bark inclusions? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. I've got seven full eight-foot boards that are white hickory with bark inclusion, so it's really, really interesting. So I kind of sorted them like that. But other than that, I really, I've really just been slowing down and enjoying life a little bit more than, than busting my butt. Hey, <laughs> we know a little bit about that, don't we, Laura? <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> Laura and I had all these like big plans and schemes. We were like, we're going to build so much and we're just going to be in the shop. And man, it's just easy to get to chatting and yeah. just to stay chatting. Absolutely. But I do think that it's very beneficial to, if you have the spirit to just let go and enjoy your day and go outside and you don't feel like guilty not to be in the shop if you're in that mood you should really take care i would take advantage of it and you know go outside even if i'm by myself and i feel like it would also be okay not to work all day and just go see a movie it's very rare that that happens to me but if it happens i take total advantage of that mm -hmm. because that's a that's kind of your body and your mind telling you to get some fresh inspiration and some fresh air and just do something else and that might give you the best ideas actually just like in the beer garden we had we had some cool ideas there it's, yeah. it's nice yeah absolutely that's one thing i i wanted to do with 2017 was to just kind of not force myself to do anything because there's a lot of looking back throughout the past like three years of making videos there, there was some stuff that was definitely forced that i i made because i needed to make a video kind of thing and while that was beneficial in getting the business going and blah 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 I just want to really focus on what I want to make going forward and not chase other things, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it's Dolly Parton who said, don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's I know good. how you love Dolly. Yeah, that's I why I threw it in Parton. there for you. <laughs> but, but also... The only thing I ever remember her saying is you can't put 10 pounds of potatoes in a five pound sack. <laughs> All righty. All right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's... <laughs> well, I mean, if, if it's Dolly Parton quotes, I'm kind of limited on my arsenal here to go for I think my favorite quote from her is, the bigger the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you got any, any Dolly Parton quotes since we're all throwing one out? Um, No. Oh, I, I got one for you. It, See, now, now he's the one out. <laughs> no, I got one for him. Uh, she also said, it takes a lot of money to look that cheap. <laughs> I, I mean, you can even throw out, I will always love you. You know, yeah, just that's quote her, mo her most famous <laughs> yeah. song. And there you go. Yeah. Hey, real quick, going back to the veneer, Jay, uh, we were, they actually had bark pocket, but veneer. And I pointed it out to Laura. I was like, oh, is this? Uh, bark pocket she was like i have no idea i was like yeah i think it Maybe. is bob in wisconsin showed me bark pocket and it was but it was actually veneered so that's interesting that they can take that and actually turn it into a veneer sheet you know that's true. yeah that's crazy you know it's um that goes back to the whole thing like you never see a particular type of vehicle until you get that particular type of vehicle and then everybody drives it, you yeah. know? I've never seen Bark yeah. Pocket before in my life or maybe I just haven't really noticed it. And then after Bob showed me, it's just like, oh, that's Bark Pocket. Oh, that's Bark Pocket. Oh, that's Bark Pocket. That's got Bark Pocket <laughs> inclusions on it. It's it's interesting. What's going on with you, Nick? Um, I, I, I don't know. I was out in the shop last night and I had a half hour, 45 minutes, so I just made a spoon. I guess that's kind of my security blanket in life, just to wipe my brain of anything, just start making spoons. <laughs> that's about all I've got going on in the shop, because I just finished up a gift for a friend of mine, and uh, that'll be a video, and it's a surprise gift, so I can't say what it is, because I'm sure they listen to the podcast. But Bowls and spoons, pretty soon you'll be making cereal. <laughs> yeah, although I don't like cereal. I'm not a big breakfast food person. Oatmeal? <laughs> Porridge? smoothies uh, that's not in bowls and spoons no that's right <laughs> i was thinking breakfast. no but i but i do enjoy the the occasional smoothie i'd rather have that than cereal laura's been making smoothies but i thought we were just throwing out like spoons and 
<laughs> bowls. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that I have a smoothie maker now, so. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. can make a wooden, wooden mug, a wooden smoothie cup. Yeah, there you go. You go. Yeah. All right, so, so Laura, how long have you been making videos? Uh, videos for, like the YouTube videos that I'm doing now for almost one and a half years. Not, not, not quite. But yeah, that's it. But I was like, I had an interest in making videos in general. Oh, when I finished school and then actually after school, I worked for a TV company for three years. I wanted to be a, a camera woman. Uh, no, I started because I wanted to uh, learn how to edit. So, and then I uh, got the job and I worked as an editor or how you call that? Is it an editor then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For maybe two weeks <laughs> and I, d I didn't like it at all. So I wanted to switch to the camera side of things. And I had, yeah, I spent three years at the company and I really liked it. But then I realized that the whole, I mean, it's like the TV business is not the most creative. You always work in these huge teams and you have tons of people telling you how to do it. And then restricted. Yeah, it's very restricted. Yeah, and the TV restricted. project, like I was envisioning myself being a DOP with filming on, on film, actual 35 millimeters. And that career was... I mean, everything's switching to digital. So I felt that it would be very unlikely that that might happen. So I started studying design um, because of photography and film and like the design aspect of things to be more creative with it. And then, yeah, during, during university, I guess they, they tore down the photography laboratory where I could de develop my own film. So I had to find something new and I just started making my own models for the ideas that I had. And that's how it all came together, like making my own things. And then I forgot about the video part for, I don't know, maybe six years or seven years until I decided, you know, this YouTube thing might be, might be a cool hobby. Maybe I should do that. And then it came back together again. So you've been making yeah. stuff, physically making stuff for much, much longer than, than making YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. But always on a very low scale, like for the longest time, I didn't have a table saw. I think I bought the, my table saw one and a half years ago or two years ago, shortly before I started making YouTube videos. And I didn't have... And also then I did my first hardwood projects. <clears throat> project. Before that, it was more testing and experimenting with materials and lots of plywood and just throwing together some stuff. And it was always more about sketching out three-dimensional stuff, I guess, see if the idea works. Um, then it was about the, the craft itself. Um, and that changed during, well, it changed with YouTube, I guess. So after working with so many different items and so many different, um, materials, uh, if you'd had to pick one, what would you be your, your favorite medium to work with? That's so difficult because you work with so much stuff. Yeah, it is really difficult. Also, we talked about how cool it is to mix, um, especially wood and metalworking because it's very, very different and woodworking always calms me down and I feel like my videos are much more relaxed and um, hypnosis, how you, how you say that, Hypno hypnotic? Hypnotic, probably. Yes. Even for myself, um, creating them, it just, it calms me down so much. And the metalworking is always like fire and it's hot and it's more dangerous. And then you have, you have those weird ideas and it's more dynamic. And I feel the videos are more dynamic even. So that's a very cool balance. But I guess just uh, if I had to pick one, it would be wood because I'd, I'm rather, I'd rather be relaxed and calm than 
on edge and excited all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've got a lot of respect for those who can mix both both wood and metal together and make some really nice projects because every time I try to make a design or some type of some, something mixing metal and wood, I always fall back to the most sim, sim, simple of things like a just wooden top table with a rectangular metal base. Like I can't get out of the mm-hmm. just the simplicity of, of when, when those two items are mixed. I just, yeah. I don't know, I haven't been creative with metal that much. Yeah, I think, I think I'm cheating a little bit because I do all these bicycle projects and a bicycle always looks cool. And from, <laughs> from there, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just easy to, to make something cool out of a bike, I guess. And those other metal projects, I don't know. It's always uh, just practicing. And maybe, maybe if you would go make a project that's just metal and just restrict yourself to metal and not mix it with wood for a certain time, it would be easier to get out of the... Because I, I think like from from default, wood is more curved and is more soft. So metal must be the structure and the rectangular thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe if you just do the metal part and leave out wood for a while, it might be easier to break through that box thinking or whatever you would call it. That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. I know one of my favorite videos of Lars is, um, I think it was the top of a gas canister yeah. that you turned into a lamp. Yeah, that one's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Although it's really cool being here because I can walk around and see everything. <laughs> but the lamp is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, Thank it's you. a pretty cool, I guess, repurpose of that. You know, and, and the shape actually lends itself to it quite well. So good job on that one. I really like that Thank one. you. Thank you. It was such a cool thing because I was... Uh, struggling with a gas canister and I had a cap but it wasn't mine I, I borrowed a flask from a friend and I thought man that would make such a cool lampshade but how do I get it and I went to a couple of gas places and they said yeah but we we don't sell those things um, so I went to a junkyard and it's so unlikely to find what you're looking for in a junkyard and there were two of those like right at the beginning lying on the floor and I was okay this is destiny I need to make this though and everything came together <laughs> so well so what did April? Did you say what you had going on back home? Did you get any projects in the mix? Uh, no, uh, I haven't been home in. I don't even know. I think I left on the twenty first or so. So I haven't been home in a, over a week. But I mean, I finished my carport before before leaving. Um, but I was supposed to get like two other things done before that, but or before leaving. But there, that carport just took forever. It's it's a big process, big yeah. change in pace, going from working with. Uh, wood or even uh, some light metal to just enormous 100-pound joints of metal, you know? Yeah. So it, it did take a lot longer than expected. Plus, I w- I'm working out of not having my shop, so it, it's something as simple as a line level. I didn't have it because I it was somewhere in the storage unit, so I ended up having to take an hour and a half to go to the store and buy some. Then I ran out of welding gas, and so I have to not only locate a dealer or a supplier in the new town, but then also waste an hour and a half, which that turned into like a three-hour deal because it... Anyways, it's just part of part of living in the country and part of being in between shops and houses right now. Everything is just taking much longer, but then you throw on top of that a, a, an enormous project that's brand new to me. And it's just, it turned into a, a few days longer than I was expecting. But it was totally worth it. I think that's so impressive. Oh, it definitely was. It was <laughs> fun. you built that by yourself. That's so crazy. Oh, well. That's really crazy. Um, <laughs> that's my theory on hardware. I mean, I don't I don't mind going out and getting like a sheet of plywood or two. But but like you said, it, all of a sudden you're missing just a couple screws or a couple bolts. And that even if the hardware store is 15 minutes away, 
by the time, you know, oh, grab the keys or, you know, it, it turns into an, at least an hour, yeah. hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it just wrecks the whole pacing of the project because then all of a sudden you get back and you're like, huh, I could make a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so let's see what's on TV. That was one of my motivations yeah. for getting so much wood because regardless of how much wood I want to get, I've got to drive either two hours, two hours and 10, 15 minutes south of me which was where I was getting it previous, or this place was actually two and a half hours north of me. So, I mean, it just makes sense in those situations to get more than you immediately need if you know that you're going to be using it. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Nothing kills your vibe and your motivation more than going to the hardware store because you're missing this one, I don't know, washer or something. That's that's terrible. That's why I like to keep so much stuff in my in my shop. April, you saw it live now, like all the little... I don't know, boxes and, and canisters that I have full of random stuff that sometimes I don't, I don't even know what it is. Like I, I buy it on eBay, like um, like when some shops close down, I go there and try to buy all the consumers, consumables for super cheap. And then I have it in my shop and I... It's organized though. Yeah, yeah you have to be organized yeah. if you have or so much random worthless. stuff. Yeah, yeah but it's, um, it's really cool because I very rarely have to leave the house. Yeah. Yeah, I... I find it very easy to, uh, if I have to go to the store, just say, I'll, that's a good stopping point. You mm-hmm. know, I'll go to the store, then come back and then stop. And so I, I, I try to avoid going to the store in the middle of a workday mm-hmm. if, if at all possible. So what I try to do is I try to design the project on Monday, Monday and gather materials on Monday. Of course, taking on a new project, sometimes that is not possible, especially if it's com- something completely brand new, such as my carport. But, um, that, that's a, at least what I attempted to do in the past. Yeah. Yeah, on the subject of of materials and driving out and such, you mentioned a junkyard. How is Germany with with supply? Like, do you have uh, the typical like big box stores where all the lumber and and hardware and such? And like, start something we're starting to see a lot around where I'm at is these um, reclaimed stores where they demo a building or something like that, and they have all these old reclaimed items. Do you guys have anything like that over there? No, I wish we had that. That sounds that sounds wonderful. I know that there is a place in Berlin that that um, tears down old factories, and you know you can sell, uh, you can buy the lamps and the light switches, but nothing that is uh, everyday building material, I guess. But we do have the big box stores. Um, I try to avoid them because usually you can still find a mom and pop store that has better quality for less money and i'd like to support the like the small businesses absolutely and yeah like the like the wood store and we went to uh, the place where we can buy steel mm-hmm. it's a great places and they're all family run and there's another store um they only sell screws and bolts and it's incredible it's so beautiful and i like it i also like it that you start to develop a relationship with them like with the owners if it's always the same people working there they start to recognize you they know what you're looking for those guys all know that i have at the time i don't know what i'm talking about so <laughs> they they are very patient with me and they support me much more than anybody in a big box store would would do mm-hmm. and most of the time people in the big big box stores at least in germany they they don't have the expertise so they can't really help you they know which aisle the paint is but they don't know what paint would be best for my project um, and for my budget and stuff like this. So I try to, I'd rather drive my car a bit longer to go to a store where I know they know me and they're nice and they have what I want. And, and they're craftsmen know. themselves. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I forget my wallet and they say, you know, it's fine. You pay next time. And stuff like this really makes my day. It's um, since this is like my, my job, mm-hmm. I like to surround myself with nice people. And I don't know, it just makes me happy to know that 
like even the guys in the steel store they trust me that i come back you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's i don't know sometimes it's, somehow it just makes me happy to have this relationship with somebody who supplies me with the most important stuff that i need yeah yeah it's just part of the community it's mm-hmm. a community feel yeah. yeah exactly and so going back to the big box store though they have something what's that place called that's all called uh, bauhaus Bauhaus, yeah, and it it is actually bigger than Home Depot. They have pretty much everything, the same layout as far as like all of the the kitchen stuff and the bathroom stuff and the lumber and the and the hardware. But then they also have an entire steel section mm-hmm. and the machines there doing all of the cutting and also the garden section. So it's just the same, but even bigger because they have the steel section. I was like really impressed that it was also super super big. Yeah, because uh, coming from England, they don't have anything anything remotely the size of it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting, I, th- I figured Germany and England would be pretty pretty darn close in a lot yeah. of regards, but it's not. No, no, I think the Germans are quite handy and they like to save save some money. So they'd rather do it themselves than than to pay somebody to do it. So I guess the, the whole hardware store thing is, is quite big in Germany. That's nice. Um, the, the metal sections in like Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff like that, that's something that is very disappointing here over here in the States. Like, like April said, there's, there's no tools to cut them. There's very limited selection. And that's one of the most expensive places you can spend your money on metal. Yeah, but it's the same here. If you go to that Bauhaus and buy the steel, you probably pay 30% more for maybe even lesser quality, definitely worse service. So I'd rather go to the specialized stores yeah absolutely and supporting the whole the supporting the little guy the mon pa stores that's really that's really awesome because these days they're 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 not the same numbers as they once were you know they're more and more mm-hmm. going out of business yeah that's true what are what are like most of the structures like uh where where you live is it like wood studs, is it cinder block? Is it poured concrete? What, what are like the walls kind of things made of? Yeah, um, like most of the buildings are pretty solid. So um, we don't have like, oh, obviously for inside the rooms, we do have like the drywall thing, but the buildings itself, they're like stone, um, concrete. Uh, the super traditional buildings are wood. Um, like, you know, those from pictures probably with the black wooden beams and then the white um, cement or what it is like in between. plaster, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all, yeah, yeah, plaster, like yeah. Plaster. So those would be just oak beams and then plaster it up with hay and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, where I grew up, lots of lots of houses look like this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know to be honest. <laughs> mostly stone. Yeah, driving mostly around stone, yeah. Cologne. Um, in England, though, uh, like everything over here is is old. Of course, America is such a young country con- uh, compared mm-hmm. to uh, Europe. Yeah. But um, I mean, there's houses that are built in the 1200s and 1400s, and they're just still rocking right along. So it's yeah. it's really interesting. Mm. And then also, Laura and I were driving around on the bicycles and um it's really in- it's really interesting because there will be a lot of like old buildings that are all stone with the detailed carvings with faces and gargoyles and just a bunch of cool unique features to them but then just the next block will be nothing but plain jane flat yeah. from from uh bottom all the way up to the roof yeah and it's because of the the bombing yeah and then of the them just rebuilding it very quickly so it's there's a lot of of, of both yeah yeah, it's interesting. Some, some, um, like in some streets, you have houses that are beautiful, and the next door thing is just like you can tell that it was trashed, and for some magical reason, this house was was fine, although there was a bomb hitting it like two feet away. <laughs> yeah, two feet away. 
Yeah. She doesn't and know I, what two feet is. No, oh man, we were struggling with the imperial and and metric right yeah. thing to measure. <laughs> we were both pulling out our tape measure. I would just imagine it'd be frustrating if you were to hang a picture and all the, the exterior walls are concrete. I don't know. I just to sit there and hang a shelf or whatever. I like having wood stud walls. I just I no, I don't know. It's just easy to hang shelves and bolt things into no, you, and hang yeah. pictures. Yeah, you have to you have to drill a lot if you want to hang something. <laughs> no <laughs> nails work. <laughs> yeah. So back to the imperial versus metric thing. Did you say that that one of them was the right one and one was the wrong? Yeah, one? yeah. It's imperial and and the right way. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> imperial and the right way. Yeah. The metric is the right way. There you go. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, oh, I get it. Imperial. <laughs> yeah, so we have these tape measures that have both on the left and right. Uh, so we both have one on our hip because at first we were trying to, she was just trying to do it in her head. She was like, wait, I need a tape measure that has both two. That way it's like our translator. It's our translator book. I'll say two and a half inches and she'll look at hers and be like, okay. And then she'll go and make the cut. And then she'll say, you know, uh, 45 centimeters. Yeah. And I'll be like, uh, okay, I'll go make the cut. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it, I can't. I can't understand it. That is, that is completely interesting. It doesn't make any sense to me. And even with a tape measure, I managed to to mess up the dimensions. It doesn't. It throws me off so so bad. Yeah, I don't understand it. But you know, talking to a lot of carpenters over here, especially whenever I was at in one of the England shows, um, they they use inches. And so I, I don't know why that is. Why a lot of the Englishmen carpenters use inches but all of them said no no i don't i don't know or they, i bet they do know it but they said no no i work in inches so i know mm -hmm. what you're talking about <laughs> yeah interesting how that varies yeah i don't know i guess it's what you grow up with right yeah i would imagine and I, i never even thought of that because i mean i've spent you know my pretty much my whole adult life you know getting this concept in your head of how big is a foot like you can look over at something oh that's mm -hmm. three feet mm -hmm. and yeah I, i didn't even think like oh that's 462 centimeters yeah, it's a meter instead <laughs> yeah. of three feet <laughs> yeah it's weird i guess especially since i mean the only thing that i had trouble when i started the whole making thing is that everything that is measured in wood you measure or you you pronounce in centimeters and if you go to a metal shop you pronounce it in millimeters mm, i didn't know so that. that's a that's a weird thing yeah good to know yeah but don't they still do plywood in feet no in metric even no They somebody was no. telling me Tim was telling me that they do Canada. dimensional lumber. Like they, he can go and get two by fours and two by sixes. That's what he was saying. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I never saw that. He's yeah. a liar. Oh, he's a liar. <laughs> he just a, wanted to yeah. impress you. <laughs> he's a Brit that's in Germany. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Or maybe, maybe I was thinking like, as far I don't know, it might have been Canada. I can't remember, but they were saying like three quarter for the thickness of plywood versus whatever 19 millimeters yeah 18 mil it will be i don't know i just for, i just forget because they were talking about dado stacks and router bits for dados and things of that nature and it was just always referring to three quarter yeah it's all where you're at and it's crazy too because while some people over there in the field use imperial units i worked for a company called ashley furniture Uh, which is, I think, the largest personal-owned uh, furniture manufacturing company in the world. Um, but one of their facilities in Ecker, Mississippi, and everything in the frame mill, every single one of their dimensions is metric. It's all millimeters and centimeters. So it's it's I guess it's a mixed bag everywhere, but it's all perspective, what you were raised with, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I find like with, with most of my projects, unless I try to build something that fits a certain spot, 
that you have a starting point like okay i have this piece of uh, maple i want to use this so i plane it down to the thicker the thickest thickness i can get out of it and from there this is my proportion point that i will cut the rest of the pieces that i need so sometimes i go through complete projects without even measuring once because mm -hmm. it all once you set on one dimension then the rest is just proportion and then you take that piece and you you set your tape uh, your uh, table saw with using this off card and then you set your planer with that and you know what i mean yeah so sometimes like measurements what are measurements you know <laughs> yeah absolutely she's such a free spirit <laughs> <laughs> on a day like this with riding outside and drinking beer of course I'm kind of turns spirit. you into yeah. a hippie <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's make some music after this okay drink beer yeah. eat some cake no they drink coffee over here all day long uh so i've been i've been wired up at night i think i've been pretty good today <laughs> I, i stopped around noon But they drink coffee all day long. <laughs> yeah, and I have actually a couple houses down. We have uh, Cologne's oldest and I think smallest mm. coffee roastery. And they have all the machines there. And there's one dude with a foot pedal uh, and a little, is it conveyor belt? Yeah. Sorting out the good beans and the bad beans and then a roastery next to it. And they, yeah, they just make the best coffee. So we have to drink it all day long. It's interesting. <laughs> But maybe that's just also just me. Like I know a lot of people that don't do it. So. Oh, don't ruin my image in Germany, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laura, is the um, the online creating of content, uh, online content creator? I guess is that your main profession? Yeah, it feels super weird to say that because yeah, it just feels weird. Um, but I guess that's it. Yeah, should be it. Mm -hmm. Yep. It is. That's awesome. YouTube uh, and, well, the internet in general has opened up many doors for people who otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity to, to express their yeah. creativity. And speaking of creativity, uh, your videos are awesome. They are so creative. And that's one of the things I like about your channel is you never know what you're going to get. It's it's so cool. <laughs> Wait till you see thank this you. Sunday's video. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I really, I really enjoy the freedom and... I really enjoy that I even though I've been building stuff and making like lots of weird projects and also trying to learn how to properly do it like I like the mixture between those two worlds and I've been doing that for quite a while and I never got any attention for it and I never had the confidence to show it off outside of my friend zone I guess and my friends nobody of them are, uh, are makers themselves so they like never knew what to say <laughs> when I showed them my new like keys or tables or whatnot. So this is really rewarding for me to finally have this community and build up the confidence to put out weirder and weirder videos, I guess, and put so much work into it and finally be able to make a living out of this. This is really nice. It's it. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so thankful that YouTube is there and that the whole community is there to support this, that there are people interested enough to, you know, support you on Patreon and spend an hour listening to the podcast and spend the five minutes watching your videos. That's, that's awesome. That's, that is awesome. So obviously being able to create the expressive videos for your projects isn't really, uh, isn't really there unless you actually make the project itself. So which, which avenue do you think you feel like you get the most expressive or most, um, creativity being able to express that through the actual project or do you think it's more through the actual video i think it's uh, it's the video for sure because i remember before i started youtube i had 
um, I really had a hard time finishing what I was doing because um, the soon, like as soon as I realized, okay, the plan that I had, the idea that I had, it's, it's worked out. And this is, um, this is just a, like a 3D sketch of my idea. So I don't need to finish it. I don't need to sand it. I don't need to do the last weld. I don't need to wrap it up really. Like I even had a hard time taking pictures from the end result to documented because I instantly lost interest. So ever since I switched that process to not the building itself is the process and the project, but making the video, this is the complete piece of work. Um, yeah, I finish all of my, all of my stuff and I feel much better about it. And I put much more work into it than just doing it for myself and just building stuff to see if my idea would make sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Do you do you multitask like with multiple projects at the same time? I'm I'm one to where I I can't start the next one until the first one's finished. And I think Nick is the exact opposite, to where he's gonna have like fifteen, twenty things going at once, and and still understand what's going on with each. I can't do that mm-hmm. at all. No, me neither. I well, mine mine in like normal building. Yeah, I'd normally have four or five projects going, and I can understand as far as the build process mechanically. And get my mind in each project, but when it comes to filming, uh, that I've I've experienced like oh no I can't like I, I can't come back to different footage and go ah crap why I I, rec- I recorded it this way for a reason I don't remember the yeah. reason though yeah exactly you know so yeah I think I would have the hardest time putting like working on two videos at the same time and also I'm I'm very emotional with with my um, builds I think so. I'm I'm really in love with what I'm doing right now. This You're is I'm, yeah, I'm very attached to it, and and yeah, I I wanted to get it out of the way, and I wanted to uh, finish it. And once it's, it's finished, I lose interest, and I feel like I I can't love two projects the same, <laughs> so <laughs> I have to focus on one project. And especially with the the way I shoot my videos, I try to make it look like a like there were more cameras in the room, like a multi angle thing and continuous shots through multiple angles um but i do it with one camera because it would be too confusing to me to do it with several i think so i need to really as you said nick i need to keep in mind what did i shoot last what was the where's the video now what do i need to explain when was the last time i showed the audience where exactly i am in the shot because being so focused on or so clo- closed on the shots, I feel sometimes it's easy to lose um, orientation. And those are the things that I try to keep in mind and I couldn't do it for two things at the same time, I guess. Yeah. It's a lot of things to keep track of. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Especially with all the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what's, one, what's one thing maybe that you've wanted to build but haven't gotten around to it? Uh, for a video project or just something that I want to build? No, just just for, for like, if maybe it's a curio cabinet or something. Oh, I've always wanted to try that or I've always wanted to, uh, I've always wanted to make a tricycle out of a bike. Or mm-hmm. Is there one thing you're like, you really want to build, but you just haven't have found the time yet to get around and accomplish it? Mm, no. Usually if I really want to build something, I, I push everything aside and build that. Like I, I, it, I had it happen a couple times that I was working on something and then I had a idea that I was super passionate about and I scrapped the complete project and the video and just started the new thing. So there's nothing that I'm completely burning for except the one idea we just had in the beer garden. <laughs> I want to drop everything and do that right now. So yeah, usually if I want to build it, I build it. But there's some stuff that's not video related. Like I have this old moped and an old bus and I 
really wanted to take the time and fix it up, but I, I'm not passionate enough to do to skip, you know, two videos or something and have the three weeks to to fix up my bus. So yeah, that's something I should do, but YouTube is more interesting to me right now. You want to tell me about your idea? Oh yeah, <laughs> we went to this magical place called the Beer Garden. And Laura yeah. came up with Sunday's video for her channel. Yeah. Do you know those beer benches that are foldable? Like they have foldable legs and they're like really narrow and long benches that could fit, fit like maybe five people. And that's always two benches and one table. It's pretty and, much like a bench that I just mm -hmm. built for the, uh, like a picnic table. Yeah. That it's detached from the table portion. Yeah. So yeah. my idea is since I, since I built this uh, beer bike, the beer BMX bike, I don't know if you saw it, that could carry a case of beer. Um, and I'm in that in that mood because the spring is coming. I thought it would be cool to have a beer bench and the front has the front of a bicycle and the back has the back of a bicycle. And in the middle, you can fit like four or five people, but it doesn't actually have pedals, but you walk it like those little kid bicycles that don't have pedals. Do you have them? I don't think so. Oh, shit. Yeah, but we yeah. have Fred Flintstone. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Fred Flintstone, basically. Yeah. Yeah, we have like kids' bikes that don't have pedals. They're training kids yeah. on ride bikes. Yeah, oh. training them to keep yeah. the balance exactly. So it would, mm -hmm. I would have to figure out a good height so that you can actually sit on it, and you know, walk your bike, pick up more and more friends, go to a park. One is riding riding the beer bike with a case of beer, and maybe a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you fold out the the legs, and you have and a bench. You sit and have a bench. Yeah. And a beer. It's perfect. And nobody nobody would steal the bike, probably. <laughs> I don't think they would. The bench bike. The bench bike, exactly. Is that what you're going to call it? The bench bike? No, the beer yeah. bench bike. There you go. The beer bench bike. Yeah. I don't know. but I, that, yeah. Well, if you, unless, you enunci unless you enunciate, that sounds like it could be something else. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. Probably not the best to say in German. What? What is that? Beer yeah. bench bike? It might sound like beer bike oh bike yeah why i mean depends on who you're picking up with it i guess <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna have to leave that in there that's pretty funny uh, all right the triple b so how long are you there uh, april how long are you there in germany until you head back or to the next destination i guess you're you're on world tour too i'm gonna be leaving thursday from germany going to ireland for two or three days and then heading back to england for about another week or so It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm I'm really enjoying myself. I think it was a lot of people on your Instagram that was saying that they, they were hoping you'd be in London, I think it was, or something. And you're like, well, I'll have to do that on the next one. Yeah, I was in London last time. And uh, to be honest, I mean, I just wasn't that impressed. I mean, it's just such a big city. Um, and I, I wasn't really sure what to do other than do the touristy bit, but it's so expensive because everything you want to do is like 40 pounds yeah. to get into. <laughs> yeah. And 40 pounds is more than 40 American dollars. And so it's, it, it's really expensive, especially if there's two of you. And so, yeah, I just, I was in London with Cody for two days last trip. And so it was actually really nice this trip to not go to the big main city. I mean, I flew into there, but immediately went down to, a town called Brighton, which is pretty um, famous, I think, or well-known, and then went to Newark for the woodworking show, met a bunch of people, um, which was really, really nice, and then came over here, and yeah, it's, it's nice, because I just get to do a little bit of tour, a lot of driving around uh, the train and whatnot, so I get to actually see a whole bunch more of the of the entire country. So while you are in... Uh in germany with with laura what exactly are you guys making or is that still secret nah, i mean i don't keep things secret do no, you no, no. Um, we decided on like a little end table sort of thing with a wood top and a metal base 
Yeah, and the and the wood top has a um, what is it, how you call it? Like, it's a void oh, yeah. uh, in the center. Yeah, and then we want to collect some stuff from from a time, like a scoop from the ice cream place, and then maybe the tap from the place we're having the meet and greet tomorrow, and just throw it in the void and fill it with epoxy. So it will be like this, just a just a memory making thing. End table. So the end table is like almost like a um, end grade cutting board sort style. Mm-hmm. So it's a bunch of blocks that are glued together, but we didn't have the time to glue it up properly like layer by layer so we just like mushed all of the conglomerates together and then put a bunch of clamps on it and we're like that's good let's go grab a beer and we'll come back and so we i think ju- it needs to dry april maybe we should grab a beer yeah, yeah maybe a few beers and then so we then we came back and we're like yeah it looks good so then we chopped it up and then we had to re-glue it put it a bunch more clamps onto it and then we're like more beer. Let's go get more beer. <laughs> oh, man, we're making this horrible impression. No, <laughs> we're in Germany. <laughs> so anyway, so um, we got the top. and But yeah, the center is going to have a void. And so, yeah, we're just collecting momentums along the way so that we can fill the, the, the empty space in the center with some cool mm-hmm. stuff and then put epoxy. And then Laura can have a table from our time here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. my, my time here. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And I think the, the the metal base will be will be cool. It's hard to explain, but so the legs won't be in a right angle. Um, it's almost like you took a rectangle uh, going up and then just slightly twisted the top so yeah. that it has like it's a rectangle that's twisting as it goes from the base to the top. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're just having fun. Well, thank you guys for having me. It was awesome to talk to you. Absolutely. Like I said, if you guys aren't familiar with Laura Camp, be sure to check out her YouTube channel, uh, Laura Camp. That is K-A-M-P-F. And also her website, lauracamp.com. And uh, of course, from there, you can find all the social media networks. She's on all the social medias. Uh, social medias these days. She does, she does this, the Facebook and the Insta tweets and everything. The Facebook Insta tweets. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, thanks again for uh, joining us, both you and April. I know you guys are busy on the other side of the pond. And um, anyway, that's it for this episode. We want to remind you that there's a couple different ways to stay up to date with the podcast. You can go to the woodworkingpodcast.com and click on the uh, three clickable buttons near the top. And if you are on iTunes, be sure to leave us an iTunes review. And if you'd like to contribute to our podcast, go to patreon.com slash the woodworking podcast or the woodworking podcast.com and click on the contribute button. All of that is much appreciated and really helps keep this snowball rolling. So thanks again, everyone. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye everyone. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. How do you say, how do you say goodbye in German? Isn't like out Wiedersehen? Auf Wiedersehen. Yeah. Or you say bye or true. Yeah. Tschüss. Yeah, there you go. I was, <laughs> I was halfway close.